Did you get my, my gif? <laughs> I did. <laughs> if you guys don't know what a gif is, look up Elmo pooping gif. <laughs> <laughs> and Elmo's doing It'll it. It'll make you chuckle. <laughs> Welcome to the Ramblings of Beef and Slim, your weekly companion to help you unpack the Catholic Mass readings and discuss how the Word helps you know your God. Alright everybody, welcome back to another podcast of the Ramblings of Beef and Slim. My name is Slim, also known as Kyle Cuckleman. And across the table from me, I've got the one and only... Father Adam, a.k.a. Beef. And we are actually missing our partner in crime, the tall, lankety, skinny one. Um, he's uh, he's taking care of kids. His wife's sick. Did you get my, my gif? <laughs> I did. <laughs> if you guys don't know what a gif is, look up Elmo pooping gif. <laughs> <laughs> and Elmo's doing It'll a- make you chuckle. <laughs> well, we're excited we're back. It's been a long time, and... Uh, father moved parishes. My coworker left. Kevin. 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 Kevin's lazy. <laughs> His excuse is, I've got kids. I was like, you had kids before. <laughs> My parish is down to like four families. I've had yeah, funerals seriously. out the wazoo. So like, we would try to schedule stuff, and then Father would text like, oh, by the way, I can't do it. Someone died. Well, in January, I had somebody who was dead and waiting for a funeral every day of the month. Every and day? Most of the time, it was two of them. I had two days where I had two funerals. Oh, my gosh. It's, just, it's been ridiculous. It's been my number one ministry down there. I'm at, I actually, somebody passed away this morning. Um, my secretary gave me a, or sent me a text. So I'm at like a 34, 35 for since the year? I've gotten down there. Oh, oh, since you've been there? Yeah. Since July? So since July, so seven... Oh, my gosh. Seven and a half months now? That's so many and deaths. most of them came in the last few months. I mean, it yeah. tends to come right before and after <clears throat> holidays, so a ton of nuts. them after Christmas. And I had a little vacation, so I came back into a ton of them. Every time I leave town for more than two days. Because <laughs> I was at that conference in Baltimore, and I was dealing with three of them oh, yeah, in that week. Oh, yeah, did that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. Just I'm up. taking. I got a couple of days where I got meetings away, so I'm going to be gone in Lent. So I'm very afraid that there's going to be another wave. <laughs> it's only two days away. Lent's hard enough. It's actually a day and a half. It's not even two full days. So I'm hoping that doesn't count. <laughs> um, well, my coworker left. The director of confirmation at our parish left, and she left right at uh, right after Christmas, or she started a new job right after Christmas. So I'm in charge of confirmation now. And Father, I'm going to stay say a statement. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Yeah, get ready. <laughs> I apologize in advance. Confirmation prep. Confirmation prep. Uh-huh. Is the worst thing that's happened to the church since the Dark Ages. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. It's, so I'm not talking about the sacrament. Uh, yep, nope, not talking you. about the sacrament. Talking about the prep of confirmation. No, you're not wrong, because we don't... We don't do it it's well. It's not done well. And we don't know the theology well enough, and so then we make up stuff, it feels like, sometimes. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when I hear parents or kids or just people in the church talk about how getting confirmed is becoming an, el- becoming an adult in the church. Yeah, it's not. No, no, that is not a true statement. It's not historically accurate, because we used to do, bapti- or do confirmation right after baptism. Yes. 
And a lot of priests are pushing for that return because it's being abused. It's being held out as the graduation. As soon as kids get confirmed, yep. they quit doing hardly anything. Yep. Um, it's, this, it's the carrot and stick. It's, mm-hmm. it's dangle it out there and get involved st- so that we yep. can keep you involved longer. It's ridiculous. I, it, it drives me nuts. And I'm, I'm like the anti-confirmation director. I hate being having that title right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tell the parents and kids all the time, I say, I don't care about your confirmation. I care that you love Jesus. Yep. And the parents who really, there's certain parents, I mean, you can, you can only imagine how much they love that statement. But that's what it's supposed to yes, be. Yes, it's supposed if to be about Jesus. Anything that you do is supposed to get you set on fire for Jesus. And yeah. then it's supposed to get you ready to go to battle. Because when we get to the gospel, I get to fill in for what I've been talking about the last month. Dude, I've got one that I just wrote <laughs> an awesome talk on. I'm going to get to some stuff as well in the gospel. So we need to get through the first and second reading quickly. Is well, that what you're trying well, to say? The, well, not necessarily, but it's good because the first reading is only Six two verses. Lines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think had I not, if I didn't read the readings before Mass, I would be caught off guard when this one ended. Like, uh, Where's the end? Sometimes it happens because we've had a couple long readings. Yes. And the, sh- the first reading this last week from Leviticus was relatively short. And yeah. my first Mass, and I, I promise I read them. <laughs> Even though I've been focusing on the gospel, I read all of them. And I was just like, wait, wait did she happened? do it all? <laughs> or did I fall asleep? Let's <laughs> <laughs> go through presets, dude, not just you guys. Oh, that's funny. <sighs> all right, well, let's get into this. Oh, by the way, okay, so just a, a note. So first of all, we're glad to be back. And we've gotten a lot of messages. I know I've gotten a couple. You've gotten a lot. I've got threats. threats. They're not really threats. They're, oh. they're kids when I run into them when I'm out. So oh. I come up here still. Yeah. Couple times a month, I catch them in the store. Yeah, threats with air quotes. You can't see my quotes when I say that, but they're there. <laughs> they're there. You also can't see a sweet Totus Tuus, yeah, sweat stained T-shirt that he's rocking from 2009. It's super hot and humid outside. <laughs> I'm doing better now. Did you ride your bike up? No. Ah, oh. I did not. That's a bummer. It's a good I, day. It was for raining it. today. Oh yeah, this morning it was. Yeah. But I did. So you. You guys can't see my face, but my beard is, looks more like Kyle's than it has in a long yeah, time. Yeah, it looks really good. I got the bike out three times for like legitimate rides last week, and so it was it was fro it would fro out, and then <laughs> bugs are starting to come back. And if it goes underneath the helmet, you can catch bugs in there, and it's you deal with it. But it's better just to you get know rid you're of getting it. a little bit more gray going. You're I'm getting pastor. a little salt and pepper. I'm a pastor. I'm a boss. So my people. <laughs> Yeah, try having two funerals on a Saturday when you haven't prepped a Sunday homily yet because you just got back from vacation and your vacation <laughs> ended with the flu. That's actually what I came back you from. You came back with the flu? I came back, I took a week, and because of Christmas, like I said, it took a little more than a week. Yeah. I took a couple days at home and then a week to myself, and the last three days I had the flu. And I I got sick my first year here, and that was the first time I'd been like sick, sick, mm-hmm. not counting two bouts of food poisoning, but like got something in me that Messed stuck up. around yeah. since high school. Like oh, in wow. college, I never really got sick. And so I got the flu, and then people died, and so I'm trying to text <laughs> and be on the phone and doing this stuff, and I come back, and then the first, so I have no Sunday prep. So yeah. I got two funerals on Saturday. And, and no Sunday and prep. And I just sort of made it up. Like, what are you so going to come up with? I said, as I'm giving it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited to be back. So we're, our, our plan is this. We're going to record on Tuesday evenings, and we will post on Thursdays from here on out. Um, and we're going to just make sure we do it. We've, we're committed. It's on the calendar. It's literally on our calendars. Um, Kevin and received a text message informing him to put his kids to bed so that we can record on Tuesday evenings. So we might all be brain dead and have a beer in front of us, but we will be putting something out. Yeah, And we're going to have to do it from a distance, so please pray for the sake of technology. Yes, 
Yes. Um, I'm not good at it. Is what we need to do is also try to find a coffee shop with a back room or something on Payola or Ottawa. In a halfway point. A halfway point. Yeah, that would be handy. All right, let's uh, get into these readings then. What do you say? First let's reading is Isaiah 49, 14 through 15. So it's literally two verses. It's awesome. Yep. Sometimes you got to say much. No, and this is great. I love this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it points directly to Lent, to, yeah, to the resurrection. Absolutely. It's definitely got Lenten themes. Yeah, which is, you know, church, divine providence. Yeah, divine. There you go. See, Connor said this discussion before we started recording. He said, oh, the church is doing that on purpose. I said, uh-uh. It's the seventh. No, this will be the eighth week. Yeah, this yeah, is the week, week before. So, yeah, it's a couple days before Lent starts. So. Yeah. Which I think it points to it. So what do you got on this one? Out of all six lines, pick some nugget out of there. No, it's awesome because we all go through hard times. So I'm finishing up. I'm finally starting to get after seven and a half months. It was after Christmas. I felt like I'm starting to feel like my new parish is my home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, past that initial, I'm trying to figure out my people. They're trying to figure yeah. me out. And so in any transition, and my people couldn't be more awesome. Yeah. They are super supportive. They're great. They're always asking. And, in fact, I have to turn down some of their generosity, especially when it comes in the form of pies. Uh, <laughs> I got there and put on some weight. But in every transition, there is, there's difficulty, and mm-hmm. we all have them in our different parts of our life. And so this is a theme um, that was popped up in my prayer because you feel like you know, you're forsaken. You feel like you're mm-hmm. abandoned, right? I may not have used those words, but you're like, where is God? Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm, you know, I gave my life to him as a priest, and you know, I'm out here. I'm in the midst of this adjustment and yeah. stuff. But then you get that beautiful reminder. Can a mother forget her infant, be without tenderness for the child of her womb? Even should she forget you, I will never forget you. Yeah. And just that reminder that God will always, always be with us. And he's, you know, this comes to us as saying, a mother's never going to forget her kid. Yeah. But even if that happens, you still got God. Um, and just that beautiful reminder that God is always with us. So this also kind of reminds me that um, we've been focusing on this idea in, in, our, in the high school youth group recently, because we're talking about theology of the body. And one thing with theology of the body, I think we focus too much on sometimes is like um, either a sister in Christ or like the bride of Christ or the son of Christ or the not son, but the brother in Christ or the, mm-hmm. um, or like our vocation. Like we rarely focus on like, I, how often do we focus on our sonship? Mm-hmm. Like being a son of God, and really, if we don't know that we're a son of God first, then all the other ones don't make sense. We can't be a brother, we can't be a, a spouse, you know, like until we know that we are a son of God mm-hmm. or daughter of God, we can't know the other ones. And this one always reminds me of that that the, the just the mother can a mother forget her infant? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as you're saying that, I realize that's pretty much exactly what I've been talking about since we got the Sermon on the Mount. Um, mm. the last we've had four weeks of it now, yeah. Um, so go check out Father Adam Wills Anomalies. Yeah, and he's posting them every Sunday, guys. Every Sunday that I preach, yeah. which is about all of them. Um, and so go back and listen to them, because that's exactly what it is. That's what I talked about this last week, of we have to know who we are as sons and daughters and then be solidified in that. And then, Well, because then everything else, like I, I was talking to a, um, one of my volunteers recently, and she said she, she understood theology of the body in, the, in terms of chastity and, and purity and stuff like that, but she rushed ahead to bride rather than being like rather than being a sister or mm-hmm. or more importantly being a daughter of Christ and so because she rushed ahead to bride it screwed up a whole bunch of stuff in her life because she forgot she didn't focus on that that part of her life mm-hmm. that was daughter and until we know that I mean stuff is just out of whack we we get ahead of ourselves and I think in the gospel we'll get to this that it causes us anxiety when we start focusing on the farther ahead 
rather than where we are right now, which is son or daughter of mm-hmm. Christ. And I may bring this up again too, but that made me think of um, the examine, St. Ignatius mm-hmm. of Loyola's examine. Yeah. And it's not an examination yeah. of conscience, but it's just looking at your day, and the first thing that you do is put yourself in God's presence, and then you pray that you can see yourself the way that God sees you. And, it's you know, an awesome, yeah, it, highly encouraged St. Ignatius' examine. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I'll, you, maybe I'll put it in the podcast notes. Do it. You can get an app for it too. Yeah. I just downloaded it. Oh, really? I got real lazy. I, by I lazy, I started falling asleep because it's good to do it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, when I was still here, and I'm, in the last few weeks, I've been very intentional about recapturing my old habits that were good that I'd lost, and uh, it's been beautiful to get back to. And it's definitely helped me get back to my identity as a priest, mm. because it's one of the things where I, you know, I'm, I'm a priest. I do what I'm supposed to do, but I'd lost the the zeal, the beauty, the zeal, and the just the beauty of the fact that I am been set apart. And that's yeah. what it means to be ordained, to be ordered, set apart. That's cool. Um, so it's helped me start to recapture that feeling in my life. You know, Father Michael Scanlon, the guy who just recently passed away from Franciscan, do you know who I'm talking about at all? Oh, I saw it on Facebook. I don't know who he yeah, is. Yeah, so he's this, he basically, Franciscan University is what it is now because he just rocked it, right? And so he, I watched this video of him before he passed away, and he was giving a talk, and he said one of the things he always told himself was, as a priest, if he ever lost that zeal or joy, like he wanted to, he wanted someone to call him out on it. Mm-hmm. And he was a couple years into working at Franciscan and a younger priest that he had told this to, you know, like, like if you ever have an associate priest, yep. some baby priest called him out on mm-hmm. him losing his zoy, zeal and joy. Zoy. <laughs> zoy. <laughs> it's a new energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was a really cool thing that like, kind of like what you said, like, mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to have somebody who can call us and check us and just remind us that we are, like, there's zeal and joy in being a son of God, mm-hmm. of that, of, like, what our, div- at our very basic, what we are, which is son or daughter of God. And for my commentary on that, listen to my homily from two or three weeks ago, Salt of the Earth. That's what I talked Perfect. about. Perfect. <laughs> See, even when we don't get together to record, we still We still do sync. really good. We're just like this. <laughs> I'm terrified at that reality, but... <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to the second reading. It's 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 5. Um, and I wanted to get your notes on what your thoughts on this were in the reference to both all the readings, because I can't figure out where, why this one is thrown in there. I've got notes on it. I, I, I what do you prep- mean thrown in, like in continuity of the other readings? Yeah, oh. I know it doesn't have to be, Yeah, but usually we can find some thread. And usually we can. And this is one of the ones that it's not nearly as strong. Okay. Because it's purely a, a semi-continuous reading of St. Paul's letters. Yeah, yeah. So, and more times than not, you know, I'd always heard that and I always never, or I never saw the connection or wouldn't see it as often until mm-hmm. I started preaching. They're like, oh, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. So it's all. Yeah. But yeah, this is one where it is not as. Um, it's not nearly as prevalent. No. The only thing I can think, well, I, I, I don't have a thread on this one, but what I do like about it is the don't judge. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just really cool. But Go I ahead. think when I was reading, I was thinking of what you talked about, how you have your identity in Christ. Um, mm. And so you're not worried about it. So I don't even judge myself. He says, my goal at any given moment, and this is where I took it when I went through it, of um, just make sure I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, that I am God's son, that I'm doing mm. the best I can do. And mm-hmm. he says, if that's it, then I don't care. Yeah. And you take that in with everything else that he writes of, you know, Christ does the work through me. I am nothing. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that all he's supposed to do is offer himself. And if he can say that he's done that, then he doesn't have to judge himself. Well, and then the other piece about this is the stewards being, like, stewardship. And at Prince of Peace right now, stewardship is, like, a big key that Father Jerry talks about. And I really like it. It's one of his favorite words. It really is. 
But when I first started hearing stewardship, I had a bad taste in my mouth about it, and I had to relearn what stewardship was. Because every time I heard stewardship, I thought, oh, the church wants money. Mm-hmm. And so I had to start really, really do, rethinking about it. Yeah, we do need money. This <laughs> money. I need a raise. Um, my wife's a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. why she didn't come in. That's why. <laughs> yeah. No, the, um, but I keep thinking about how, like, if I didn't work for the church, how would I be a good steward? Not just to the physical church that's here, but like, how am I a steward? Like, I am church. Like, me out in my day to day job, if I didn't work for the church, I, I represent the church to hundreds of people. And like, I have to be a good steward of what that looks like. And, you know, that doesn't mean I talk about St. Padre Pio every St. Padre Pio? Mm-hmm. St. Padre Pio every day. But that just means like, I am living out that life and I am being a steward with my time, talent and treasure. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not just throwing money around or whatever it may be. And do you know what a steward is? So a steward, I mean, back in the day, it was um, you'd have a a lord or some sort of high and mighty person, and they would entrust somebody with their goods. And so, I mean, to be a Christian, we have to realize that everything we have is a gift from God. The clothes we're wearing, the stuff we have. Except the everything we have is for God, except for one thing. Can you name that one thing? What are you going to say? Sin. Oh. The only thing we own is our sin. That's one of my notes. Oh, that's one of your notes? Yeah. You're right. And right, that, like everything yep. else comes from God, yep. except sin. But then he takes it upon himself, so boom. <laughs> so it is God's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it does but, not originate in it. You're right. Yeah. And, and that's something I talk about all the time. That's one of my favorite lines. Benedict, in his rule, uh, St. Benedict, not Pope Benedict, um, in his rule for monks, writes about that. He said, all the good you have to give credit to God, mm-hmm. but the evil you do, that's yours to own. And yeah. so I love that. So. Yeah. There, uh, yeah. All, everything, we own nothing but our sin is like... So in our guys, uh, our upperclassmen guys group, that's like the regular thing that's being said, that's being mm-hmm. talked about. And um, and so, like, I think our guys groups are better stewards of what God has given them than I've seen in some of the adults at our parish. Like, they want to not just, like, serve in their community, but they want to build up each other that they they have in their, com- their per- like, their small group community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they call each other out. Like, they, they call each other out on their sin, and, and then they call each other out, and this is my favorite one, is when they call each, each other out on the things that they are owning that they shouldn't be owning. Mm-hmm. And it's because that's become like the, the mantra of that guy's group is the only thing we own is our sin. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, sorry, that was a tangent. So. It is, and it's awesome because that's yeah. what it is in practice. So they were able to dispose and use the, the master's stuff in the way that he wants them to use it. And so yeah. we as Christians realize it's not our life, it's not our stuff, and so we have to use it in accord with God's will. And so there is a part of it that says, okay, I need a car so I can do yep. the things, whether it's work or even leisure, that it's good for me to be leisurely. We've mm-hmm. talked about that before. Um, and so this is something that is legitimately good for me to my vocation. That's absolutely fine. But we need to ask, what does God want me to do? Does yeah. God want me to give more to the church? Does God want me to maybe spend more? You know, I don't think it's a problem we have very often, but some people do give money away to where it sacrifices or hurts their family and not able to flourish. Or so, And this is a problem I definitely see a lot. Um, and I saw it in Prince of Peace and some people that they give too much to the church mm. to the point where their family s- suffers. And mm. your primary vocation, you're supposed to work out your salvation and build up the church as your mm-hmm. domestic church at home. And, but if you're giving you know, 40, 45, 50 hours at work um, to your work, and then you're at the church 25 yep. hours a week, you're not you're, doing you're yourself. Su- your family is suffering. Yeah. yeah. And you're suffering. You can't do all that stuff. Yeah. And no, yeah. you're not doing anything well. You're probably doing stuff yeah. mediocrely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree. Yes. 
Yes. I'm not sure where that came from, but that's part no, of being I like a good that, steward. That, sorry, I like Ball the steward, steward and yep. stuff like that. And, um, all right, so let's move on to the gospel because I think we both have a lot on this one. All right, I'm going to back up, though. Before, okay. I mean, to the gospel. Okay, so Matthew 6, 24 through 34 is the gospel. Father, go. Matthew 5 through 8 is the Sermon on the Mount. And so we are in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. The, probably the greatest homily ever given is what most people would call it. Um, so sorry that everything you've ever heard from me is a disappointment compared to Jesus. <laughs> but that's what life is. <laughs> um, but so it's a Sermon on the Mount, and it's a beautiful place. And um, actually, I've been there. It's up by yeah. the Sea of Galilee. And so out in this area, there's a bunch of hills. And so the people are going out to this area. And again, if you've heard my homilies, you've already heard this, but deal with it, is they'd have revolutionaries, right? So we're going to get into Lent soon. We're going to hear about um, Barabbas. Like we want Barabbas over Jesus. So these people are wanting to lead revolutions to overthrow Rome. And so this is where they hung out. Prior to Christ and after Christ, there were other Christs. Yeah. There were other people who thought might be. Son of God. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's why when they say this word, it's not just a distinct. That's why all the gospel writers have to really make sure that it's understood that this this, this one's different, yeah. that he is the real deal. He's yeah. not just potentially it. And so people are going to be out in this area anyway. This is what happens here. You know, you go to the courthouse, what happens there? Legal stuff, right? You just have a mm-hmm. place, you have it in mind, that's what's there. And so where Jesus goes out here and gets this crowd before him, they're expecting this is how we're going to overthrow Rome. This is how we're going to take it to the man. And so in a very real way, and this is the theme because you like it, have always encouraged me yeah, to preach. Yeah. Now that I've got yeah, all in homilies, I can do it. Um, two parishes. Um, but it's been in this idea that God or Christ is calling us to war, that this is how he tells us to engage the enemy. And so everything that I've been preaching on has been in this light. And so the first couple that we heard, the first three weeks, I think, were um, making sure we were taking care of ourselves and our small community. That uh-huh. we're, we're good there. And then last week with uh, go out, hate or love your enemy, love don't hate them. Yeah. Um, turn the other cheek and stuff is how we engage the enemy. Well, and think proactive. of how like how countercultural that would have been heard. So we hear it, and it's just like, oh yeah, Jesus. But they would have heard that and thought because mm-hmm. if they were there to hear how we're overtaking Rome, yep. they would be pissed off. Uh huh. And it's cool because I'm double checking it right now because we go through um, that and it goes to because it comes down at the beginning of eight. Great crowds followed him. Leper came, and then it's not shortly thereafter that he said, th- "It's no longer the big crowd." They yeah, just sort of disappear. Yeah, because it's not exactly what they're looking for. Well, and he doesn't it, it's later? It's fa- pretty quickly after this he does the the bread of life discourse. Uh, I have to look and see where that falls into it. It's not in that it's eight chapter. It'd be pretty quickly where he does the bread of life discourse, and Good. that's where. It's not before this. How about that? No, it's, it's definitely not before. Yeah. And so the Bread of Life discourse is what turns everyone away. Mm-hmm. And in fact, should turn most of the Catholic Church currently away. Like if we truly... Yeah, if we were to... If we, a lot of people don't believe what we believe, which is why I always... Well, don't even try to them. believe what we believe. No. Because like, we don't... Father, you and I don't believe what we believe. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we try to believe what we believe. Yep. But we don't believe... Well, and I've said it before, but every time I hold up the host with a few exceptions... Um, I always say, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief, because mm-hmm. I know that yep. I'm still not there. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, let's get into this gospel then, yep. Father. But that's really, I didn't know the Sermon on the Mount, that place was where basically traitors went, mm-hmm. right? Traitors to the Roman authority. Yep. And I, so I read that book, Zealot. Remember we talking about mm-hmm. this? And it was written by somebody, I don't remember what, and there was some good pieces of it. But one of the things that I really took away from that book was, we think of Jesus as this lovey-dovey guy. He was not a lovey-dovey guy. No. Like, 
he went on that mount knowing full well that this is where people go mm-hmm. to talk about overthrowing the Roman authority. And this was his idea of overtaking the Roman authority, yep. which is not a walk in line and be uh, what's the word that's really pop. So Christians are called intolerant right now. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. And like Jesus was not being into- was not being tolerant. He was no. being very, very intolerant. And mm-hmm. that's what we're called to be. Yeah. But always, always rooted in love. There it is. It is always because yeah. you know that there's something better. And. I'm not going to say anything, go listen to my omelet, because <laughs> that's all I talked about this last week, was we have to know who we are, and we stand there, and Jesus tells us to call other people to a yep. higher way of living. Yep. If you let people just go along, then you're not being the person you're supposed to well, be. Well, and I think that goes back to the f- second reading, which is being a witness. Mm-hmm. Like, like, don't just ju- judge yourself, but you need to be a witness of who you are. You need to be a steward of the church and, and love, not always through your words, but just through the, your life actions. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next. And so in this, so he just starts today saying you can't have two masters. Mm-hmm. He says you have to decide what you want in this life. And this goes back to, you know, we talk about the stewardship and stuff. You have to know what you want, and you have to decide that you want God. Um, so I went to confession on my vacation, and the priest... It's about time, Father. Yeah, judge your face. <laughs> and the priest asked me after, because I told him I was a priest, and um, at the end of it, he said, what do you want? He said, what do you want out of life? Or something like that to mm-hmm. that effect. And, you know, it's like, I know exactly what he's getting at. I was like, because every time I send, I'm not choosing God. Yeah. And I said, and I had to ask myself, do I really mean, I was like, I know what I want to say. I want you know God. you know the Jesus answer. Yeah, I know right? that you know I want to say God. I was like, but do I really mean it? And I said, I want God nothing but most of the time or something uh-huh. like that. To, to say, you know, obviously I don't always want it. And he said, good, that's what you need. Because if that's not our answer, then... Mm-hmm we're going to get messed up. We're going to fall off course. And so Jesus is talking about if we're doing these things for ourselves, if we're worried about stuff, if we're doing things to add or to take care of ourselves, to draw attention to us, then yeah. we're screwed. Okay, so I wrote a talk recently, and I presented it to the eighth graders two weeks ago or last week, I don't know, sometime. And I'm writing it now for college kids and high school kids. But I think the same it applies. And that is that anxiety does two different things to people. And so I want to ask for you. When you get anxious, are you, I get worked way up, or do you get beaten down, depression-type feelings? It depends on what kind of anxiousness, but okay. usually, I mean, yeah, I would say in general, I would say more the depressed. See, I and I'm the opposite. Up. I get the, I work, I'm, I work more hours, I, but I work not as well. But see, there's a good anxiousness, like an excitement anxiousness that I'm looking forward to, yeah. And so what I'm talking about is what he's talking about here is... What the anxiety he's talking about here is we're worrying about putting food in barns and storing stuff mm-hmm. up when in fact that's like doesn't the father love the birds so why would he not love you mm-hmm. anyway so w- I was talking to the eighth graders about this and there's an anxiety that happens in all of us I think and it either does two different things it spins you up and makes you work out of control and not well or it beats you down and mm-hmm. it makes you less less of who God has created you to be. Um, but I think all of that is rooted. Now, I'm not talking about clinical anxiety. That's yep. a whole different issue. I'm talking about like the day in, day out, mm-hmm. like when you Just get the stressed part out. of being a human that yeah. doesn't have any yes. extra stuff going on. But I think all of that is, is rooted in the fact that, like you said, if we cannot say we love God, or at least are trying to love God above all else, but that has to reflect in our calendar. Mm-hmm. Like our day-to-day calendar has to be reflected in that. And... Yeah, there's certain stuff you have to do. Like, if you're an engineer, you have to go to work. 
Like, that's mm-hmm. part of your job. you got to be there for eight hours. But why are you going to work? Are you going there because that's what God has called you to, to take care of yourself, take care of your family, and to serve the world? Or are you doing it to get more money to buy whatever And then garbage? that goes back to the first reading, and now mm-hmm. I'm seeing how this is going to work out, really. <laughs> or the second reading, which is oh, yeah. how to be a good, good steward. steward yeah. How are you going to be a good steward? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. I, I have been really, really focused on this idea of, like, our calendar should look like we love God mm-hmm. above all else. Yeah, and that's something I've talked about before. And it's the way I've put it, but I agree. I like your calendar idea. It's another way. It's more tangible. But it's saying if somebody followed you all day, would they know that you love God? Yeah. And yeah. based on, you know, and that could be as simple as do they see you pausing to pray? Yeah. Or if they were to know what's going through your mind as mm-hmm. you're seeing those people, does they see you struggling to try to pray for that person that you really don't like yep. getting along with or you can't yep. stand? Are you trying? There's a difference. You don't have to be perfect yet, but you got to be moving in the right direction. Well, and what, isn't it St. Paul who says... And strive to be perfect as I strive to be perfect. Or yeah, he says be like that. And then last Sunday, our gospel ended with be perfect because your Heavenly Father is yeah, perfect yeah, too. Yeah, it was last Sunday. It's yeah. all over the place. Yeah, Because it's not, God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he expects us to work at it mm-hmm. and try. Yeah. All right, do you have any more on this gospel? Because I, I do. we could. Okay, good. <laughs> so. <laughs> I do have more. <laughs> absolutely, I do. <laughs> See, this is why I miss the podcast, because my homily, you're not going to keep at the 10-ish mark, 8, 9, 10, 12. I think you ought to start just going going all out, 25. Good more. I could. <laughs> I do usually get down to about 47 minutes, so I no could way, sneak really? out you really 10 could. more minutes and be under an hour Well, still. and you're not, you're not doing communion for a thousand people. Well, uh, you know the biggest thing? I mean, that's a big part of it, but my musicians play music to fit the time. I uh, almost never have to wait. That is the biggest time That's saver. handy. Because I only give communion to probably half as many people because you've got yeah. so many extraordinary ministers. Mm-hmm. Um, for the average mass, I'm probably looking at a half to a third. Whatever. Anyway, we can... That's the sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> we got so I don't know right. how we got to that. <laughs> so we're talking about all this stuff that we want, and, right, and we're talking about things that we might continue to want, but it says your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And so he speaks about that the Father knows what we legitimately need, and this oh, is towards oh, the end. I see what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then he says... Be, er, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else is going to be taken care of. Because most of the time, if we are purely putting our own desires first, and this is where we get in trouble when we put our emotions first, we are not going to want what's truly good for us. Mm. How many people, if they don't have somebody in their life challenging them, that priest, mm-hmm. Father... Michael Scanlon. That Michael Scanlon. Yeah. Right? He didn't have somebody come and call him, then on losing his zeal, then yeah. God knows where his priesthood goes, where Steubenville goes. Yeah. Right? It's you know a great Catholic school that's not as good as Benedictine. It's purely my biased opinion. <laughs> but unbiased or biased? Biased. Oh, okay. I was going to say. But it's probably unbiased opinion, too. It's probably a fact. Um, <laughs> but I have Just nothing to base that on. It proves it. <laughs> Looking at myself. I pulled one guy. <laughs> <laughs> this big guy is a priest. But we have to know that God is going to give us what's truly good for us. And sometimes what's good for us is falling. You know, I, the example of a kid learning to walk, I think, is the best one to go back to. A parent, sometimes what's good for us is, fa- is fail. Is failing, yeah. Is sin. Mm-hmm. I right? mean, if, well, God's passive will. It's, you know, God would never will that one of us would sin, but he allows us to, to bring about a greater good. Okay. Which that happens in the climax when Jesus is put to death. He allows it to happen because a greater good, our okay. salvation, is greater. So, so, so... It would, the same way God allows Christ to fall is the same way that God allows, like not not Christ to fall, Christ to die mm-hmm. is the same way 
God allows us to fall down now, see, or sin yeah. so that we can learn for a greater good. And the best, yeah. So if he allows it to happen, a greater good can happen than the evil that was committed. Okay. Now, the best thing, like Adam and Eve in the garden, would be repentance and conversion. Okay. Um, but God isn't going to force you to not sin because that's nicer and neater and cleaner. Yeah, right? He's going to want you to have a conversion. He wants you to do what you're supposed to do. But sometimes the best thing he can do for us, given our sinfulness, I'm going to make sure I say this clearly, he's not going to force us to sin. Okay. Given the fact that we are going to sin, is to allow us to sin, to not... To not interfere in that? Yeah, not okay. take away our free will, and is the short way of yeah. saying it. Um, and so sometimes letting us fall and stumble and struggle with things, and even just to struggle with them, even if you don't give into it, gives you the ability to love more. You can appreciate more. Mm. You can fall more deeply in love with God. Um, Right? I mean, yeah, you yeah, and yeah. Monica, yeah, you know, yeah. go back to that too. The more you struggle through stuff, hopefully you yeah. can grow closer to each other. It can yeah. also be an occasion to fall further away, but to grow but, closer. But, but God's that's only e- without repentance is the mm-hmm. opportunity to fall farther away. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll buy that action. And I really, I didn't read, see that line, your Heavenly Father knows all that you need, that the knows that you need them all. He, he's, he knows what is needed, and He knows mm-hmm. what is wanted, yep. and those are in our society, are very uh, the same word. Want and need are the same word, I feel like, in a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Because they're the same word, we get all stressed out and an- anxious about things, the iPhone 85, when we don't actually need the iPhone 85. Mm-hmm. We just want. Yep. Yeah. And how often is that high last? It's cool for a couple of days. Yeah. It makes me happy. And then, yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody no. cares. I like when teens, especially, it's really with middle schoolers, they come in and um, say, look at my new phone. And I just, I don't care yeah. at all. At all. Do you have your Bible app on it? Yep. <laughs> That's what I would ask them. Um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, what else do we need? Those are the main things. That I was mean, mine. Yeah. That was mine. Hey, uh, will you explain this last line? Because I tried looking it up. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Um, I think it is saying that there's enough garbage in our life that we... I'm going to check some else as I'm talking, so I might be a little distracted. Um, but within ourselves, or within any day, there's enough stuff to struggle. There's enough toil that if we start looking down the road, we're not going to pay attention to it. I think oh, you're not going like to be that. attentive to the sin in your life. Um, Suffi- sufficient for a day is its own... So there's enough crud. It, yeah. For you know, if you don't clean up your life and take care of the things... They're just going to get worse. And if you start yeah. looking down the road, put more on your plate, then you can't take care of the small things, which has actually been one of the cool things is I'm no longer working 14, 15-hour days, yep. five days a week. You can worry about what's happening yep. in the day. Yeah. So I'm able to focus a little bit more. I still have those days occasionally, but I've got some yeah. days that are you know lighter. That's yeah. the beauty of being out in the country. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Okay, so I think my, my I'm going to challenge, and I'm guessing you're going to be on the same challenge with me, is go download the examine. Yeah, Either absolutely. look it up online or download it. You said there's an app for it now? Well, there's, it's included in an app because that's what I downloaded. What app do you have? I'm pulling it up right now. Someone just keep talking. It's uh, Jesuit Prayer. Jesuit Prayer? And there's a bunch of other stuff in there, too. I bet it's in the Laudate app as it well. It might be. Um, Actually, I didn't even look because that thing has a million different it things. It has so much. What's it called? The Ignatian Examine? Mm-hmm. Ignatian. So it's got, I think, the... It's got daily reflections and stuff. Yeah, daily scripture, Ignatian reflection, Ignatian prayer, and then in that you can get to the examine. Well, it's a really great one. I do it. Um, I specifically print those out for retreats when I take teens on retreats, and they mm-hmm. do it every night. And usually, kids end up doing them for a while afterwards, and then you know they eventually stop. But um, 
Yeah, highly encourage you guys to download the examine. I'll put and a link to it in the show notes. So. That would be a perfect Linton yes. sacrifice. Yes. If you just did that as a base, yep. you'd be in good shape. We're really excited for Lent, Father. I yeah. am stoked for Lent. So am I. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. This is going to get released on Thursday morning, and we will have one out every Thursday from here on out, at least through Lent. Yep. Let's make that our deal. All right. At least through Lent. Sounds good. Did you just throw up a little? <laughs> <laughs> and fighting off this big cough. Sorry for clearing my throat. That sounds awful.